you for joining the ladies of Her Portion Podcast. Come, pull up a seat at the table, because you are welcome here. Grab your Bible and a pen, and let's dig into God's Word together. Take a moment and pray that God would open your heart to Him as you listen. So without further ado, let's get right into today's portion. Hey, y'all, this is Jackie, and I love the podcast theme this month. It's revolving all around Valentine's for this month and the month of February. So today, I'm sharing about how I met my husband, Dan Carr. And so I was a sophomore at Bible College. I'd kind of just been hurt, you know, by the whole dating process. I remember telling God that I was done with the whole dating thing, and When he was ready for me to get married, he would bring the right guy along. I told God that I was done looking (laughs) like I was prospecting, you know, but two weeks later, my dad called me. I was in my dorm room after a long day of school and work. And when my dad popped the question, Hey, Jackie, when you come home for Christmas, what do you think of having Dan Carr Jr. over? I was like, isn't he old and married by now? So Dan was older than me by five and a half years. I had known of Dan and his family for a while because of us going to the same summer camps and teen rallies. We lived in the same town, but with Dan being older, he was a counselor at the Bible camps we went to. I knew his siblings, but my dad is a pastor in Gulfport, Mississippi, and Dan's dad is also a pastor in Gulfport, Mississippi, only about 15 minutes away from each other. Well, Dan's brothers were homeschooled and they played on our Christian school's basketball team. And Dan's dad and my dad were driving together to a tournament when my dad asked Pastor Carr what Dan was doing these days. He went on to explain that Dan had just graduated from college and he was going to be starting on staff with him full time. He was going to be a youth pastor and his bus director. And he also mentioned that he wasn't dating anyone. So my dad asked Dan's dad what he thought about having Dan meet me. Pastor Carr thought it was a good idea, so he told my dad that he could call Dan and talk to him about it. Something interesting I want to add by backtracking the story just a bit. So I grew up for the majority of the time on on the mission field with my parents. When my dad felt that it was time to go back to the States to pastor, he preached in view of a call at Temple Baptist Church where Dr. Renee Frett, where he was the pastor who was resigning. Well, Brother Fret and my grandpa, G.S. Crane, they were friends in Bible college. So that's where the connection came in. So my dad, which is Stephen Crane, became pastor of that church that my father-in-law, Dan Carr Sr., where he surrendered to preach in. When I came home one summer from college, my dad and Dan had put together this New Orleans project. It was actually the summer right before Hurricane Katrina hit which was awesome, seeing so many children accept Christ. They had rented a really large building downtown New Orleans, and several churches came together that special Saturday to go through neighborhoods, inviting children and families to the special service. I remember singing that day. I don't remember what I sang, but I remember singing. And Dan had asked someone about me, but I was dating at the time. So Dan was really shy. He wasn't going to say a word or anything like that. But then one other time that summer, Dan was one of the younger preacher boys preaching at my dad's Jubilee service. I still remember what he preached and just thinking, wow, there's something different about this man. I still remember the message he preached. But so fast forward to that conversation on my dorm floor with my dad 
I honestly thought Dan had already been married and probably had already had kids by now. But my dad told me he was single and would I be okay with him coming to the house for lunch Sunday after church when I got home for the holidays? I agreed, even though that wasn't really like me to say yes to a date, like a blind date. It wasn't really like a blind date because I'd already seen him before, but I did not know him. But that Sunday after church, I was so nervous. I think mainly because I didn't know if Dan would even like me. I, I'm like, does he even think I look pretty? Does he even... Like, is he even interested? You know, I knew he agreed to come over because my dad had asked him. So I was kind of in this weird spot, you know, where you're awkward because you don't know what to say. I remember the doorbell rang and all of my sisters and my mom were like, go get it, Jackie, go get the door. And I went to go answer the door thinking my heart was going to beat out of my chest. When I opened the door to this day, Dan says for him, it was love at first sight for me. I had no clue if he was the one, but I just knew that he was different than any other guy I had ever known. He was really quiet and reserved at lunch, but my little sister kept it all jokes at the table. To this day, Dan always says that I was wearing a blue flowered dress with a white cardigan, but that was on our real date. That wasn't the Sunday that he opened the door, but Anyways, I actually wore a long black wool skirt because it was winter and it was cold. And I had a white cowl neck sweater with three quarter length sleeves. I remember those were so popular and I love that top. My grandma bought it for me and she always had the best taste and best style. So after lunch, we sat in the living room and talked for a bit. I was still awkward because we actually, we weren't really talking. I was thinking to myself that this guy probably thinks I'm a kid, but I really don't know what he thinks because he's not saying anything. We had the TV on and the football game was on and I asked if he liked football and did he ever. Dan was obsessed with sports. He used to say that if there was an unknown sport in an unknown land, he wanted to make sure that he got that ESPN channel. Well, my uncle's family just so happened to have owned the Washington Redskins football team. So we started talking about that and then we could not quit talking. So football was like our startup, you know? So I remember him looking up at the clock and he was like, my dad is going to kill me because he was late for, he was going to be late for church. So he sped off to church and the next day I got a phone call asking if I wanted to go on a date with him and his parents to Bellingrath Gardens in Mobile, Alabama. At that point, I don't remember what I was wearing, but I remember what he was wearing. He was wearing khaki pants with a brownish half zip up sweater with a collar. He was also wearing a leather jacket, but gave it to me because I remember it being really cold and I was never prepared for the cold because I'm like a true Mississippi girl where we wear sweaters and we wear like slides or flip flops in the winter time a lot of the time. But Dan looked different than any other typical guy I would have been drawn to. He wore his hair very fixed and combed over, but he walked with this confidence that I had never experienced before, but it wasn't a cocky, arrogant walk. He also was very reserved, not a smooth talker, and I really actually liked that about him. He had these deep, mysterious brown eyes that were so dark, I could not read him at all. So after looking at the Christmas lights display, we sat down and he brought me a cup of hot chocolate. It was quiet for a minute. And then he says, this is the famous words I'll never forget. So it's quiet. 
I'm just sitting there. And he says, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm looking for a wife. I was really taken back when he said that, because if anyone else would have told me that, that they were looking for a wife, they weren't looking for a girlfriend, I would have told them to hit the road, Jack. But something about the confidence and the way he said that made me just trust him. It was so weird. But when I got home, I began feeling bad. My face, my ears and eyes and throat started swelling. I was having an allergic reaction to the crab I had eaten that night. We had seafood with his parents and it was weird because I live on the coast and we always eat seafood, but I don't normally eat crab and we had like the seafood platter. So I'm guessing that's what set me off. He had called to see that night if we could go out again, which with him that Wednesday night after church, but I had to tell him that I was really sick. I remember laying on the couch the rest of that day and night. And so we decided to go out that Thursday night on a double date with his brother to Olive Garden. It was then that I wore that blue flowered maxi dress. If y'all ever heard Dan speak, he probably have heard about this dress and I still have it to this day, but I wore that blue flowered maxi dress that had this beachy flowy feel. It was then on that date that I knew Dan was the one. I didn't know much about him or the details of his life, but I knew I was going to marry him. I get back to college and I remember walking out of the chapel where the doors were flooded with college students pouring out. And I was in the traffic when I felt my phone vibrating. It was Dan. He was calling me and my, I'm not really sure what he said. I remember because my My heart was pounding out of my chest just seeing his number pop up on my phone, but I'm not really sure what all he said to me, but I do remember him saying, I know you're back at college, but I was serious when I said I wasn't looking for a girlfriend, (laughs) but he was serious. And from that point on, I knew he didn't want me dating anyone else. Every month on the 19th, because our first date was on December 19th, the date of our first date, he would have flowers delivered to me on my dorm floor, or they'd just be delivered to the office. Um, And so one for the very first month, and then every single month after that, he gave me an extra rose for each month we were together. In my emotions, I felt like Dan was the one for me, but I was in Bible college, and seriously, I wanted to give God all of me and serve him with my whole life. I remember fasting and praying and asking God to show me if Dan was the one One day I had skipped lunch after chapel and opened up my Bible. I was pouring out my heart to God. I just wanted him to show me and give me that peace that Dan was the one that I was going to be with forever. I mean, this was no small decision. It's a huge decision. You know, both of our parents were for it, but I just needed to know from God in my heart if he was the one. And I'll never forget the passage of scripture that God gave me for peace and knowing that Dan was the one for me. It was the passage that Abraham sent his servant to his homeland to find Isaac a wife. In my mind, I was picturing myself way up in the north, going back to Mississippi to find the guy of my dreams. I honestly knew, though, in my heart that this was the passage confirming my mind in my mind and my heart that Dan was the man that God brought into my life. Thanks to my father. Our relationship winded up being fairly short because we were dating long distance and it was hard y'all like really hard. We are both strong willed and we both wanted to elope by the end of this, the time period that we were dating. But my dad made Dan promise that he would let me finish my degree. And so that's what we did. 
We dated long distance uh, for a year and a half. But Hurricane Katrina hit the summer of 2005 and wiped out so many homes and families in Gulfport, Biloxi, and all along the coast. And after Dan and my family drove my sister and I back to college, they came back to a literal war zone. Dan didn't have good cell service, and it was days before I heard back from him again. We dealt with being frustrated with each other and just so many aggravations, stress, and I honestly had to take so many more extra credits so that I could finish college early. I wanted up finish finishing in three years instead of four. And so it was just a stressful time. But one more thing I almost forgot to share. When Dan and I first started talking, my dad told us we could only talk for 30 minutes a week. Dan was 23, so he thought that was really harsh, but we abided by it. And then finally, after a few weeks, my dad gave in to give it and gave us more time. But the moral of the story, trust God with your person. If you're not married and you're listening to this, God has a special plan for you. If you're already married, God's given you the one that he has for you already. So ask God to help you see his purpose in your love story. Our story hasn't been perfect, but when you allow God complete control in your relationship, it doesn't matter what storms come because you know that God thought you were perfectly capable to handle those storms with his help. I love you and hope our story encourages you to give God everything. Trust him in your relationship. Thank you for joining us today on Her Portion. We hope you leave with plenty to ponder from God's Word. We encourage you to use today's topic to start your own study in the Scriptures. Until next time.